So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Built-in microwave semicolon. Midi era and other funny family stories. Nice. So uh, Meg and I are here, um, my, myself, Ned, and um, our guest who needs no introduction, so he's not going to get one. Damon here is going to... Um, <laughs> it, it, basically, we, we kind of... This particular topic that we're looking at is, is much more of a personal nature and, um, you know, hopefully will be entertaining and not at all alienating. We'll try to like kind of flesh things out and make, you know, give yes. you opportunity to appreciate the story. Um, so, uh, anyway, so the topic of midi era who is, is my Damon, uh, great grandmother okay. on mom's side. Right. So, um, and midi era was her name. It was her name. That, yeah. That's just like her, that's her name. Midi-era like my name Blevins. is Meg. Right. And you, how do you spell that? M I T T I E. Uh huh. Midi uh-huh. era E R A like great yeah Midi era did, and did we ever figure out grandma, what like the origin of that name is no like, where idea it, like yeah okay I could ask my mom but was, I have no idea was that her given name or was that yeah. like a, oh that's great that's a good name I do I I appreciate names like that yeah. it's so, very southern yeah. was Midi era when was she born like 1908 or something like that okay. oh, that she was a came good year. across I mean I wasn't around but I like, hear it was great. Her, uh, Maybe oh three something somewhere in there in the in nineteen o's uh-huh, and you know she actually came across the country to Houston, Texas in a wagon uh-huh you know mm-hmm. I, I I think it just occurs to me I mean this podcast like we're we're kind of going for the like you know our category is design art arts design, uh-huh. so yeah, you know we'll dovetail this in there somehow um, right I mean. I would say she's a comedian. She's a comedian. That's arty <laughs> design. I mean, this is sort of like we thought she was a comedian anyway. Sure. I actually I was thinking about um before we just kind of launched into this, I was kind of yeah. thinking about like this this reminds me of um there's a couple of projects out there where it's just like recordings of like local accents and um mm. sort of like local Americana and kind of this idea of like, you know, well, here we are. I mean, so just to set the scene, like to put this in context, so that your grandmother lived in Texas. My great great your great grandmother Conroe Texas Conroe Texas right and where you grew up uh, I grew up yeah it's just I grew up in Houston and Conroe is just north of Houston gotcha okay so yeah. just putting this in you know all these stories like get in a little put them in in context so people can appreciate yeah the, yeah I don't know you know East yeah. Texas East, East Texas, Texas and, yeah right yeah so let's hear let's hear what you have to oh, say Midi-era. Midi-era. Uh, well she's just hilarious we uh, just. Going to grandma's house was always fun. Uh-huh. And because, uh, you know, everyone would sit around the the kitchen table and she would just, the way she would tell, she'd tell stories and it just hurts. She's just so hilarious. Everyone's constantly laughing. She'd just tell you all the gossip up and down her little street about everybody there. And, you know, she just had, she wasn't trying to be funny. It's just the way she was. Uh-huh. Like, like when she met my stepdad for the first time, my mom brings her up uh-huh. or brings him up to meet her and everything. And her, she's like, 
Grandma, this is this is Jim. Uh, my, I think maybe they were engaged at that point. I don't <laughs> think they were married yet. Maybe just dating. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She was introducing him around the family, right? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's time so, to meet the fam. Right, go. and so she brings him up to Carno, takes him to Grandma's house, and like introduces this is this is Jim. Uh huh. And not hello, not nice to meet you, not oh, that's this guy I've heard so much about you. And it's like no. Her her first words out of her mouth were, Well, he sure is a big one, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's grandma. That's right. what grandma Fantastic. is not gonna tell you exactly what she thinks about it. Every single time. Jim is a very diminutive man. <laughs> Yes, and he's bigger than he was then. <laughs> you know, he, he, he was, that's funny. He, he was not a big man. No. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that's the, that to me sums up grandma in a nutshell. Okay. But yeah. like so many little things, like one of our favorite things is, uh, uh, one of her sons, they just always called son. So my mom and that and all her cousins called him uncle son, even uh. though, He's not an uncle son, right? So it's like, so wait, so we have an uncle son in that side of the family. That's great. And, you know, we have this thing called backup nuts. This, you know, we have all these little family sayings and backup nuts is a favorite one. And uh-huh. that comes from grandma. Yeah. Cause she was at my grandma's house, Mid- her Midiera. Uh huh. Midiera was at my, so she is the mother of my mom's mother. Okay. Gotcha. Right. So yeah. it's matriarch. This is the matriarchal line here. Yeah. And uh, she's at my grandma's house, uh-huh. you know, and she's in her car talking with my grandma and son is behind her blocking her in, in his car, just sitting there like a bump on a log. Yeah. And she said, she, she's talking to my grandma, Mimi, and says, son, back up. And they keep on talking and son just sits there like a bump on a log sitting there. Didn't, didn't hear you know, not, not nothing. And she, talk, 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 talk. Son, back up. Talk, 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 talk. Son, back up. This goes on for like uh-huh. a few, several minutes, like like five minutes, for, you know, for a while. And finally, she turns around and goes, "Back up, nuts." <laughs> what, mama? <laughs> he, he snaps too. Uh-huh. It comes to <laughs> the world. Like, the rest of the world is fully dangerous. Uh-huh. Back up. <laughs> so back up nuts was like oh nope nope you're getting ahead of yourself come on nuts back it up that's try right. it again mm-hmm. there's some going uh, too fast uh <laughs> i really appreciate uh, my dad used to say bump on a log a lot too oh yeah i'm trying to think i, I don't know where so i mean he kind of grew up in san diego and uh like japan they lived in japan for a little bit after because my grandfather was a, a world war ii pilot and so they, right after the armistice agreement, they lived in Japan on a Navy base for a little mm-hmm. while. Um, anyway, I do appreciate those. No, uh, do you call it like a colloquialism? I guess so. Is that the right use of bump on a log? It's a, is that an idiom? I think it's an idiom. Who's an so, idiom? Don't call me an idiom. <laughs> Fuck I'll you. call you an idiom. Dick. Damn. <laughs> 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 Feature creep breaks down. Right. And the very last podcast. <laughs> so like a bump on a log is an idiom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A turn a phrase. Turn a phrase. Anyway, I yeah. yeah. And she could turn them. I think my my dad also used to bump on a log, stick in the mud. That was his kind of like mm-hmm. those were his go tos. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be a bump on a log, don't be a stick in the mud. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somehow he's going to motivate me by saying so, those yeah. things. Like, you know, I'm like five. I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> Parenting by idiom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> New book. 
<laughs> by uh, Dr. Reming. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, like, uh, you know, you, you obviously, like, I can't, like, put him in that box and be like, well, that's the only way. That was his only approach to parenting. Right, it's just sure. those things stick out in my mind now, right? Like, you know, like, it, but I also get it's like you're faced with this situation where you're like, well, there's this person I can't murder. <laughs> They're a pain in my ass. I mean, I know, like, objectively, like, I was, like, a terrible, like, hell on wheels for many moments in my dad's life. You know, mm-hmm. he's, like, having a really difficult life as it is, and there I am just sticking the Making mud. Making it worse. Right? right. Stick in the mud, fucking bump on a log. You know? Right. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> so I want to hear more about Midi yeah, era. Midi so, era, yeah. Um, so she, so she, okay. So she's your great grandmother. She's my great grandmother. Yeah. And she lived in Conroe on like a half acre lot. Uh huh. Did know. she grow, like, did she spend her whole life there or what's the deal with that? I don't know where she was born. I know that she came, like, they, they traveled to Texas. Yeah. On via wagon. This was before Great. cars were like really a thing. Right. They because existed, but the, you know, I think like, with the 1913 or 1914, the model. T, yeah. So something like that, like was just, was, just starting to, and get, that was, high, you know, for highfalutin people. And these were not sure. highfalutin people. Right. Right. So they were still in wagons and came across, uh, that way. And, um, settled in texas i don't think my and my dad he was born in washington state <laughs> outside Sa- T- tacoma outside seattle oh, okay seattle. right and um and so like they came in from and my mom uh her dad her daddy's side was masalas and they mm-hmm. came from the east coast as well they were italian catholics and came in that to houston that way and uh so i've that's how the Italian side of me got here. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Mama Masala, we used to call. But her. what was Midi Era? What what? Midi Era was like, I guess. I think it was German, German Irish. What's her? Midi Era Blevins. Blevins. I think Blevins is Irish. But it was like uh, I'm a mix of German, Irish, and Italian. Okay. And so, like, yeah, Bernal on my dad's side. Okay. Bernal's, Bernal, right. Mm. And, uh, and so, um, but Mitty era, something else, she was tough. So that half a, she lived to be 86, only died cause she was too stubborn. She died of stubbornness. I like to say, uh-huh. but she would like mow her own lawn and she would work at a garden. She, most of the, the of the lot was garden, uh-huh. the vast majority of it, house, huh. a little yard, yeah. little, little, uh, little garage. Was this like, uh, what I call like a suburban lot or no, country no, no, no. country. country oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, country country so Conroe is a small town yep. and this was like, you know, dirt road, her road. Well, I guess it wasn't a dirt road, but it was like an asphalt <laughs> with no, there are no side. I mean, it's just kind of okay, like yeah. asphalt into ditch, into yep. grassy ditch. Sure. Right? right. And you know, there was a little chain link fence around the front yard. Yep. And so kids, we just all run, run, run around the house through the garage. No AC. You know, she had a window unit. She didn't turn on because it burns electricity. It certainly does. Burns electricity. It ain't going to turn that on. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I always remember Grandpa's tractor. Uh-huh. Loved his little, his, he had a proper tractor. Mm-hmm. And then, but the rest, but mo- the vast majority of it was her garden that she worked and worked. Was it days. like a food garden? Yeah, or? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like she rose. 
Okay. Like corn and pea, peas and beans yeah. and squashes and watermelons. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, she right. had her garden. She, you know, my grandmother and my uh, uh, my uncle, the only one still alive from my grandmother's generation on that side, maybe even all sides at this point, uh, you know, they were depression babies. Uh-huh. Or he might have been just slightly maybe post-war, but I think he was still okay. during, maybe during the war. Okay. He was during the war. He was born. And um, and he was the last one. So, like, the, all the, you know, depre- you know, lived through the Depression, like, proper lived through the Depression. So, mm-hmm. like, that had that, that generation's like, I'm going to be prepared. I'm not going to get caught out sure. again and not right. have food. Right, right. So, I've got a half-acre garden. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and right. I put up preserves and everything. Right, I put right. up preserves with my grandmother and everything, yeah. you know as a kid my grandmother was like like i mean she she was practical ish but she had you know um all food was always saved into the freezer oh, like yeah. leftover oh, yeah. i mean she'd pull out like a tablespoon had of, a deep freeze too probably oh yeah no she'd pull out like she'd be like oh i have this old bit of mashed potato and it'd be like a tablespoon of mashed potato that she'd don't add to some away. other thing don't throw that away no of course not it's a you know it's a perfectly good spoonful of mashed potatoes right yeah um i anyway um yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I mean, that's that's grandma, and she'd work that. When I say she's tough, yeah, and she died of stubbornness, uh-huh. like tough. I wrote. So one of the things about grandma is, and I was in the sixth grade, my sixth grade English class. We were given the assignment to write about a hero. Okay, we had right, yep. and so pretty much the entire class writes about you know famous someone famous, right? Sure, yeah. a rock, a musician. Yep. My best friend Jonathan wrote about Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that's even, that's even more hilarious. I now wrote about Midiera. That's great. I yeah. wrote about Midiera and talked about how she came over in a wagon right. and mm-hmm. how she lived in Texas and went, even went through the summertime and never turned on her AC unit. It just had ceiling fans. She had those fans going all the time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you know, and how like uh, <laughs> one story is she she was her finger on her right hand, her pinky finger on her right hand was really weirdly crooked uh-huh right well that's because she had this mower this lawnmower and it, and it was fancy because it had an engine on it but it didn't move itself you had to really push it not self-propelled it not just spun the blade yeah it just yeah like all the mowers i've ever known other right. than actual tractors but right anyway right yeah and so she's mowing mm-hmm. and a clump of I guess a clump of grass or whatever gets caught or is stuck down there. Uh-huh. And so she reaches in down to pull it out and, um, and, uh, it pulls her hand in and the blade cuts her pinky finger, Oh shit! but not completely. Uh huh. So she goes in the house. It's fine. Then we're fine. No, it's fine. Fine. Uh-huh. Totally fine. And gets, uh, um, and gets, a uh, gets needle and thread and, and goes and sews it back on uh-huh. and puts uh, what we call monkey blood. This red iodine stuff is like mercurochrome. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Put some monkey blood on it. Wrap it up with a bandage. Stitch go back outside. Finish mowing the lawn. Oh, God. Tough. Uh-huh. Tough. Well, you know, lawn, it's not going to mow itself out there, No, is it? it's not. Ain't nobody else going to do it. Uh-huh. So, right. And, you know, it's, you know, she'd snip. Weeds by hand, uh-huh. like with the little, hand clippers. Little hand clippers, just sure. get out there on hands and knees and just snip, snip, snip. Copperhead pops its head right up while she's snipping, 
Doesn't miss a beat. Snips, snips its head right off and keeps going. Oh, God. You know, that's uh-huh. grandma. Right. That's how she was. That's so great. Like, just un uh, unfazed by a deadly snake. Right. A surprise deadly snake. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't call copperheads deadly. They're poisonous, aren't they? They're poisonous. They'll make you sick. They might rot your flesh. It's not. They're it's, like, they're, they're unlikely to kill you if unless you just, just refuse to go to the doctor. Right. Right. They're definitely uh, worse than a bee sting. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. I, I, oh, having sure. not experienced a bite from a copperhead, I don't know. But I guess I guess I, I just kind of assumed that all venomous snakes were like kill you venomous. Well, well, I'm from Texas. It's a it's graded on a curve. Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also want to qualify the bee sting thing. Like, I'm pretty allergic to bees. Like, I don't think they'd kill me yet. But yeah, I know that gets yeah. worse over time. Like, you know, the repeated exposure, re- repeated sure. exposure doesn't make it better is my understanding. Right. So, no. you know, at this point they might be quite deadly to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You don't want to get bit by snakes multiple times. And uh, there's that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> they kill you harder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the stories that I particularly like about your family is the goofballs story. The goofballs. Yeah, so everybody in my family's got my, at least on my mom's side. Uh huh. Outside, everybody's got mental issues. Everybody's very open about it. And uh-huh. Everybody treats it like a big joke. It's just the big family joke that everybody's got uh-huh. mental issues. Right. Mm-hmm. So I remember growing up with all my aunts and, 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 and uncles and great uncles and aunts and, and all that. And be, yeah. We'd be at a family function. Is everybody taking their goofball pills? We don't want to have an incident. Make sure everybody's got your goofballs, because we just do not want to have any kind of thing. We're just going to have a good time this this time, this holiday. Yes, which, of course, needs to be stated, because your family is also known for... Right, you know, someone's going to get upset and yell about something. My, one of my mom's sisters is going to... Someone's going to say something, and someone's going to get upset, and it's going to be a thing. Uh-huh. So just take your goofballs. I see. And then, like, have I, you ever like lived through an incident where someone? I mean, whether they took their goofballs or not, I you know, oh, I'm just yeah. okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this stands in contrast to my family, which is all about mental illness, but nobody will talk about it or medicate it sure, or handle yeah. it in any kind of a responsible way. Right. Right. <laughs> so, props to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's like it's, no one was ever ostracized because everybody was on something. Um, right. Sure. Right. Um, and I, I kind of like a, I, there's a certain appreciation for that. Like, I, I think it's <laughs> kind of like, well, you know, it destigmatizes things a little bit, but I don't know like the context. Like I think sometimes you can tell it in a light that's yeah. good, but the reality is that like, oh no, it was worse. Well, mm-hmm. I my cousin, I mean, I there's you know whatever for whatever issues I might have with my family. One of the other, I would say like one day my grandmother was at our house and a couple of my aunts and um. One of my aunts is a cousin who's a sa- born like the same year, like five months apart from my brother, mm-hmm. less than that, four yeah. months, something like that. Right. And um, he was over. They were like in seniors in high school, about to go to college, something like that. They were like 17, 18. And, uh, you know, they're all upstairs hanging out with my brother's friends. And they're like, they come, Jonathan comes down and tells me, my brother comes down and tells, tells everybody, I'm in. I'm older. I'm in college at this point, so or just out of college. So I'm hanging with the adults and come down and tell all of us we're gonna all gonna go to Hooters and have wings. Okay. Okay. 
right? All right, whatever, no problem. And so we go on, and my aunt comes down and with, with my cousin, who's kind of like looking... Sheepish. Sheepish, yeah, that's a great word. Yeah. Sheepish. And uh, it's like, I don't think, you know, he should go uh, to Hooters because he's gay. I'm, I'm saying he, she's, she's saying his name. I don't want to say his name, but. Okay, you know, sure. And all of us looked at so, her So like, she was implying that she, he, yeah, she, he she shouldn't She was outing my cousin to the family. Oh, harsh. Harsh. And all, our whole family went, yeah, and. Oh, that's great. What's I your do- point? Why can't he go have wings uh-huh. <laughs> with that, his cousin What does that have friends? to do with eating wings? What does that have to do with, what does that have to do with anything? Uh-huh. Like, we've all known he was gay since he was like seven. <laughs> this is not news to anyone. <laughs> so even my grandmother, uh-huh. all down, it was just like, yeah, uh-huh. so what? Right, right. What does that have to do with eating wings? We've all, we've all come to terms with that. There's so like a point. couple of good <laughs> things I appreciate about my family. Yeah, that's, that's actually, that's pretty great. That um, is, you know, for all the horrible things people can do, it's nice right. when they're like, well. There's one hilarious, like, horrible thing somebody in your family did, and then they did it again. Oh, God. Son. So, son, uncle son. Uncle son. Uncle son. He's dead. We can talk about him. Okay. Back up nuts. Back up Mr. Backup Nuts himself. So, son lived <laughs> with, uh, I remember when I... Well, I remember a son live living with grandma. Yeah. In her house in Conroe. Yeah. Until she died. And then he lived in that house until he died. Right. But he apparently I don't remember this, but it's been told to me so many times, is like uh he shot his then wife. They were in a fight about something. He got a shotgun out and shot her. Oh god. Bird shot. So she didn't die. She didn't die. No, no. it's not. It's so it's fine. That's fine. You shoot people with a shotgun. If they don't die, it's okay. Everything's fine. Fine. The the vice president told it. Right. Right. Dick Cheney proved. If Cheney can do it, anybody can do it. Exactly. I mean, you can even shoot somebody in the face. Yeah, just to be clear, this is not okay. But moving on. (laughs) Don't shoot anybody. story. And, and so horrible, horrific thing. Right. And, and of course, everybody's like, you know, no charges pressed. Uh huh. No one gets in trouble. Yeah. It's just considered family drama. <laughs> right. Keep it in the family. Keep man. it in the family. Yeah. Then they get divorced and some, I don't know how or why the situation comes, shoots her again oh. with a shotgun. After they're divorced. After they're divorced. How does this even I happen don't know. at this point? Like, exactly. <laughs> I feel like you've, you've separated, like you're, you're, you're now no longer tied to whatever drama keeps you, I guess mm-hmm. not, apparently, because he shot her. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is a nut. Again, she's okay. There's, right? She lived. She through. lost a leg that time. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So not, not okay not, not, anymore. She was maimed. This is not okay anymore, not, right? It was never okay. She didn't die. It was never okay, <laughs> okay. but this is really not, not okay. Dead. Right. Not dead, but, but real you know, fucked not up. Great. Oh God! Yeah, okay. no. It's just like, so this is this is backup nuts. This is Mr. Backup yep. Nuts. Backup okay. Nuts. All right. So, um, yeah. Any any redeeming qualities that he had that people Not really were, that people were like, oh, he sounds like an interesting character. Well, definitely interesting. He was an interesting character. Yep. There's nothing redeeming about this, right? I can tell. We now have someone in my family. Who, no, I was going to say who's been shot twice, but just the one time. Just I think it was just the one time. Yeah. Well, there was an incident involving. I think a handgun, maybe, mm-hmm. and not a shotgun. Okay. With the person you're thinking of. Yeah. And his older brother 
and some general curiosity about, I wonder how much it does hurt to get shot. I think you told me that. So well, there's certainly one way to find out. There's right. one way to find out. And they, they found out. Shot him in the leg or something? I don't, yes. I, like, like a 22, right? It, uh, it might have been bigger consensually consensually yeah this was this thing like i think that the older of the two of them who was the sh- shooting victim uh-huh. in this case um signed up for this was kind of like it, yeah they were having this conversation about like well let i i hope i'm getting it right but we're never going to ask them about this to double check it so it doesn't matter yeah um it was something about like, well, I wonder how, exactly how painful it is to get shot. And so I think the older of the two of them was still feeling like they were in the discussion part of the conversation, <laughs> whereas the younger one had already decided who was going to find out how painful it was and proceeded with, <laughs> it, with the plan before the older one had acquiesced like fully, to anything. Fully agreed that this. So is- it was kind of like. I mean, it, the way that the story was told to me was like, I wonder how bad it does hurt to get shot. Ow! Summation. And they had lab coats on, right? And sure. Right. Lab and in yeah. summation, our in findings summation, are. Our findings are. Oh. <laughs> yes. But now, so, now, describe the level of pain you're feeling now. It's been five minutes. It's been five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Is it better or worse than it was three minutes ago yes. at minute two? Right. Is it a burning sensation? What does it, 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 it feel it like? I'm going to do you a favor and write down what you just tell me. You don't have to write. It's fine. Right. You, you don't write. I can write this don't, down. You're fine. You. It's a shame that this was before the era of cell phones with video, like uh, ubiquitous video cameras. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's one of those things I need to do. I need to take, when we go and get my storage unit, I need to get all that Super 8 and have it. Yeah. Oh, right. And converted to digital because MIDI era is on there. Oh Over. my god. So you can actually see Midi Air. Treasure. Yeah. Well, focus and, and people. Little, We've got, little bitty me. We mm-hmm. you know, since our audience is here, I'm not actually our audience. Who no one's would gonna be who, listening to this, this podcast. No one's right. listening but to I'm this. gonna assume that someone might at some point be listening mm-hmm. to this, so let's keep it on uh, you know So um keep it on track. Like I yeah. you know, I got a long list laundry list of shit I should remember to Let me do. throw more pennies <laughs> on that track because we can't derail this. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So um I also would <laughs> like digress into like just personal conversation about hanging out with the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's funny that you say that your mom was a snitch. Oh yeah, my at least that's what my aunts tell me. Mm-hmm. When they were all, we were at one of my aunt's house, and they had gone outside to smoke a joint. And my mom before or after on? goofballs were acceptable. Long Sorry, after goofball goofballs pills. were acceptable. Okay, I so was now we're just well let's go into, with yeah. At this point, I think I think this was the one of the first trips. In the RV, after mm-hmm. buying the RV, actually. The one you have now. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, my mom goes outside, and they're all like, I, I already smoked in front of her. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're right. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, you did? I'm like, yeah. yeah I'm, not I'm not scared of her. I don't know why y'all are. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, they were scared of her. Um, aside from your mom, the other note that I have to prompt you about is, um, the whole story. Oh, the whole, do we want to get into how Midiera died? I think, I mean, I think that's kind of important because you kind of, mm-hmm. set, you laid the groundwork of like, she died of, uh, stubbornness. Stubbornness. Yeah. Right. So. Yes. You did She'd mention gone that. gone to the hospital. I can't remember what for. What is, and 
you know, came out of the hospital fine for whatever it was and, and went on. And one day she tells, I forget who, maybe it might have been Shirley. My, my mom's cousin Shirley should be the one telling all these stories because she is so good at it. Had, at her funeral, had everybody in stitches. Her funeral and my grandmother's funeral had everybody in stitches telling stories about, about the two of them. But, uh, I think it was her and grandma said, grandma finally complained. Grandma never, compl- she cut her damn finger off and sewed it back on. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And didn't, com- this woman did not complain. Right. And she's like, my back, there's something about my back. It hurts. And my, you know, and I'm going to say it surely cause I don't know if it's surely, but she picks it up and there is a fist sized hole. At the base of my grandmother's back, she had gotten a bed sore. Mm-hmm. That was just while in the hospital, and never it had it for a year, and never complained about it. And the only reason she died of it is because she let it go so long that the everything was necrotic, was, right? And there was no coming back and, from that, right? Right. And it's like that's why I say she died of stubbornness because she's too stubborn to say I'm in pain, right? Uh, public service announcement: If you're in pain, say something. It, it could be a hole in your back. <laughs> it could be a hole in your back. <laughs> you might die from. Oh God! I feel like the more you know. I feel like the there more, should the be more like, you uh-huh. know. The star, <laughs> the, the shooting star, star. Across, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a pretty strong segue into um, like our our sort of recent closing segment of um, uh, tips for living well in hell. Yeah, my tip for this uh, episode is be tough, but not so tough. It kills you. Yeah. I think that's yeah. good. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I feel like that's kind of a, a takeaway. For sure. Yeah. To be successful and live well in hell, you need to be tough, but not so not tough. So it tough kills you. Kills you. <laughs> not so tough. It kills you. I, I mean, yeah. Although technically, I guess if you're in hell, you've already died. Well, yeah, I mean, depends on your personal version of hell. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I live in a place called private hell. (laughs) It's my private hell. That's why it's named that. (laughs) So yeah, be tough, but not so tough. It kills you. I think, I think that one speaks for itself. I think it really does. I mean, especially in the context of this, uh, this particular podcast. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty much all of what I had notes for, um, specific to midi era okay yeah oh i really i actually really appreciated that story i really enjoyed that um i don't know that i have i mean i have a few like you know i spent a fair amount of time with my grandmother it's funny she was actually she liked to complain but i don't know that she liked to complain so much as she liked the attention Uh, so mm. she liked to um she loved if there if she could have an emergency where like the firemen come and the like the paramedics come oh good times because there's a bunch of bunch of like right. young men like fawning over her, <laughs> like you know she enjoyed that i mean all of this before my grandfather passed away um she was much more she was more of the like the matriarch right like i mean she she wore the pants right all all 10 pairs of them right like she was just in charge of everything and complete yeah i mean you know and, and my grandfather was perfectly fine with that like that was the he was like that's what i signed up for i did this thing and then i married your grandmother and she takes care of everything else. It's fine. Yeah. I did my part. What do you want from me? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't fuck with her shit and everything's fine. And she liked it and everything was great. Um, but after he passed away, I think she kind of, you know, then she was like, well, all bets are off. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Like one time I, I really wish I was there for this, but my, um, my dad and my brother 
tell this story pretty well and I'll try to do it justice. They were, they're all kind of hanging out at how, at, so she lived in this, she lived in this apartment behind my dad's house, which was basically her whole property. And then they built a, they built like a condo on top of the garage behind and moved in there. And then the rest of my dad, when he, after the divorce, he basically inherited the front house and, you know, so we all kind of lived on the same property and they were up there in the, in the condo, my grandmother's condo. And, um, my dad, the way my dad describes it, he said, there's this like knock on the door and there, you know, my dad and my brother are up there like hanging out with my grandma and they're watching TV or something. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he goes to the door and it's these two police officers and they're like, is this the home of, you know, Joanne? And my dad's like, yeah. And so come to find out they, oh, so she had, <laughs> I don't know where this is going. <laughs> so she has this, um, after, I don't remember when she acquired this car, but she got this car. She bought it brand new. It was this diamond white Adriatic with this diamond white Buick with Adriatic blue leather interior. It was a 2000 diamond white Buick with Adriatic blue leather interior. Beautiful car. She was so excited about having it. Um, she loved driving it. And so this is like <laughs> many years later. I mean, I think she'd had it maybe 10 years at this point. And like, like many people from that generation, it's still in very good condition because she drives it maybe five miles a year. Um, and, um, you know, and it sits in a garage the rest of the time. And she take, you know, as soon as the gas drops below like three quarters of a tank, she goes and fills it up and, you know, she, yeah. don't want to get caught out don't want to get caught out and all you know all the things um you know oil changes meticulously or whatever and right. it's like the, I, the every time she drives it the tires are you know f- the first part of the drive for the week is to go get the tires inflated to the proper pressure and Cause get it's the, been sitting. yeah because it's been sitting there for you know over the weekend or whatever mm-hmm. um anyway so she so what had happened was she had driven the car to go to the drugstore in town um you know this is maybe a mile and a half away from her house so she goes to the drugstore. One fifth of her annual driving. Miles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this was the, like the <laughs> annual, you know, she'd taken a big chunk out of the annual driving miles, right. but you know, here she is. So she goes to the drugstore and she had decided that there was a parking spot available, but it was, you know, some, somebody had not parked very well. And so the parking spot that she wanted to park in was a little bit too narrow. Right. And so she wanted to leave herself room to get out on her side. So she just squeezed in didn't matter that her right side of, you know, the passenger side of her car completely destroyed the driver's side <laughs> of the other car, ripping off the mirror and just completely, you know, just, yeah. you know, you can imagine the noise of it, right? She's just pulling in. <laughs> Wrenching metal. And so she, you know, did this, got out, went in, picked up her prescription, had a chat with the pharmacist, I'm sure, got out, got back in the car, ripped off the rest of the mirror, whatever it was, pulled out. <laughs> And drove home like it was no big thing. Now, the important thing to point out is it's not like she was like senile and not paying attention. Right. right? right. I, my grandmother at this point was she stayed very lucid all the way to the bitter end. Like she was just, you know, sometimes I'd call her out on it. I'm like, you're just playing the senile card because you don't want to deal with this right now. Yep. That's fine. I'll leave you alone. But I know you know what I'm talking about. Right I now. know you're in there. And you're like, yeah, okay. Um, so she, so she was just like, Gave zero fucks. She's like, I don't care anymore. What What are they going to do to me? I don't care. You know, her husband had passed away and she didn't really care anymore. And it wasn't, it, it was a weird kind of depression where it wasn't like, she wasn't really depressed. She was just kind of like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I don't, you know, what do you guys like? What do you want from me? Yeah. I wanted to park there. I parked there. Like, and I can't really begrudge her for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that was definitely her, her kind of 
approach to things, especially later in life. Like yeah. she really, I mean, she'd lived long enough. I think she was like 92 or something. And she really, you know, yeah. she's like, I, you know, I know what's up. I, I've done this. I'm good. Yeah. You know, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, um, that was my grandmother, but, uh, yeah. So, um, I do remember two postscripts about midair if y'all want to hear them. Yes. Yes, please. Absolutely. Before we, uh, we, we, one is she's very Baptist. Okay. And, um, part of that was that, that, you know, that, that, that paper I wrote about her as a hero. Mm-hmm. Apparently my mom gave her that or a copy of it or something and she uh-huh. folded it up and kept it in her Bible. Right? That's adorable. Right. And then, uh, I remember just a couple years, just a few years before she died, there was a Thanksgiving at my, my family house and my mom did it, did it all up and everything. And the whole family was there. Grandma was there and she never drank the devil's brew. Sure. Right. So don't, not going to drink very Baptist. And, um, but all the rest of everybody, my, all the rest of adults were drinking wine. Okay. And she was giving him a good look as everybody's drinking. And it's like, I think I might like to try me some of that. So they poured her like a half a glass of wine and she sipped on it, sipped on it all afternoon. And it was like, Oh, I think I'm drunk. So like no just cute. a few at like 83. She uh-huh. had her first drink. That's kind of adorable. It's very adorable. Yeah. And the other thing yeah. about her, I remember in her house, she had, these like weirdly like painted like cheesy kind of like portraits uh-huh. but like i remember the one of them of jesus <laughs> and it was like jesus like he had gone to sears uh-huh it's like a sears photo of jesus oh, oh my god <laughs> I, think I, I think i kind of know that like i've seen it's like sort of the soft focus yeah, with yeah, the like yeah. washed out background yeah. but it's like very lifelike like yes yeah like it's a, oh, like there's some no. model somewhere yeah, who posed for the, this like the light the light radiator. yeah the light yeah uh-huh yep. yep. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah oh man it's, it's that's very funny. striking yeah, it's very moving very, it's a spiritual yeah, image yeah iconic uh-huh Iconic. There's a lot of people also, this reminds me of uh, a lot of people have those framed prints of like the old man praying over the loaf of bread at the table, Uh Mm -hmm. which apparently was painted by somebody in Minnesota, but like it became really popular and kind of like the picture of Jesus at the last supper, which my grandma on my dad's side had hanging in her Uh dining room, a big one. Um, My grandma on my mom's side, grandma Betty had this like, print and a frame of this guy praying over his bread which i always thought as a kid was someone we were related to oh, like great. like it was a that's portrait great. of a family someone member of you ours know, right because like, it wasn't obviously religious and it wasn't a landscape so you were like well, we must know this person you're right like, there's my second cousin praying over bread or whatever right <laughs> well and then i i yeah and then i like went to adam's house in grand rapids and at his parents house they have the same fucking oh framed print and i think his grandmother also did too and i i said something really dumb right about like oh you guys know that guy too you know like <laughs> <laughs> they were That's like really what good. do you mean and uh-huh. i was like wait what do you mean <laughs> like how do you guys have the portrait 
like we must know the same person no this was painted by somebody who lived in grand rapids minnesota or whatever oh that's so good <laughs> like a bunch of people just had it in their house you thought you were related i just thought he was some relative of ours like from switzerland or whatever like some old relative we never talked about this that's kind of funny this reminds me of that episode where we were talking about like the uh oh i was i think it was that episode when we were talking about um uh, there's no Nazis in um in the sound mm-hmm. of music. It's sort of that like childlike misinterpretation of information because it's been underrep like you've just been you've only been given like one tiny little portion of the story and so yeah. you're just kind of like make some assumptions yeah. because everybody's okay with that. Like no oh, one's God. taught you anything different. Like how I thought my brother was buried in our backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In a shoe. Do I have That's to, what you do. Do I have to tell that story now? Well for context? I, I don't know. No, I mean, you know, okay. leave the listeners uh, wanting more. Oh, yeah. Listen to our other podcast. Listen to our other podcast. In a couple we'll, years. We'll address this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll come up eventually. No, I think, I think you should tell the story at this so point. I, you don't, like, we had, like, when I was very, very, very young, uh-huh. like two years old or something, we had a cat that died, and my parents buried it in our backyard behind the garage. Okay, sure. And we have this big double lot, so it was a, a large backyard, and right. there was sort of like a swath of that yard that was dedicated to burying dead pets and also, like, found animals right. you know get them out of the road whatever bring them in the backyard bury them mm-hmm. right. so we buried all kinds of things in our backyard living things that die get buried over here yeah. right that's that's the deal right right that's how you do things and so um there was like a a space you know on the ground where like they had buried this cat and it kind of sunk uh, oh sure like as the box collapses and the ground goes in, yeah there's a bit yeah. of a divot in the yard and so um i used to spend a lot of time by myself as a kid before my brother was born so for like almost four years i just sort of um ran around and did things by myself and i used to take my dolls out and set them in that little depression in the ground uh-huh. because i i knew that somebody was buried there but i didn't think it was the cat which is who it actually was i thought it was our our older brother who died when he was an infant and i thought and i knew that he had existed like it's one of the first things i can remember being told which is really creepy and strange but sure anyway so i was very much aware that there was like Speaking another one styles. another one of me somewhere just right. before uh-huh. me and didn't make it not here anymore yeah. right 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 and so well if he died then he must obviously be We're buried in the back. backyard like next to the cat probably <laughs> right. and so for like a shockingly long time uh-huh. many years I sort of had this idea in my head that I never actually said out loud that like Tony, my brother was buried in the backyard. And so I would sit out there and play dolls and like talk to him, (laughs) (laughs) which I I told my parents about Uh way many years later, long after I stopped believing that to be the case. And they were like horrified. I existed under that like misinformed opinion uh-huh. for so long and they didn't know. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> In my family, you could have actually done that. There yeah. was a piece of property that uh, my mom's uncle, uh-huh. Uncle John, had 300 acres in Blanco, Texas. And there was like a little plot, a cemetery on the back of the property mm-hmm. with like family members family members and people who owned the property before oh, and interesting like going back like to the 1800s wow that's kind of fascinating yeah so it's like you could go back to the back corner of the property and that's where they that's, there's a cemetery you could go visit mm-hmm. people <laughs> right right huh yeah so uh yeah <laughs> there's i've got i'm full of weird stories yeah. like that yeah 
I like that. I, I kind of like that story. Um, it was at no point in time did I find it shocking or unusual or I mean, that's why I never even brought it up. Yeah. Because it was like unremarkable. Obviously, that's what happened. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Didn't need to bring it up. Many years later, uh, two things would happen in that space in the yard that were very funny. And I'll tell them if there's enough time on the podcast. There's plenty of time. Yeah. Okay. So, um, time limit. My, my dad, the, um, we'll tell the less funny one first. Okay. So my dad, um, and I ended up having to bury a cat, arguably the favorite cat ever in this household, maybe second favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but he died uh, at like the age of 15 and it was like this big long drawn out thing and it was really sad and everybody was really bummed about it. And my mom had to work and we had this cat in the house and we were like, well, we got we to gotta put the cat in the ground like pretty quick here. And my mom didn't really want to be part of the like digging the hole process. Uh-huh. And so it kind of fell to me and my dad to do it. And we were like, really like, how old did you say you were? Uh, so the cat, I was like in my late teens. Okay. Just ballpark. I mean, I was, I was basically an adult at this point. I'm pretty sure I was an adult. I might've even been in my, well, maybe not my twenties, but, um, so my mom was at work and my dad and I have like start digging this hole in the backyard in the area of the yard reserve for putting dead things. Mm -hmm, Right. And Next um, to your brother. Yeah. And we buried the cat in like this big giant boot box, like a shoe box, uh-huh. um, you know, because he wasn't roadkill. So like we gave him a little like a little bed or whatever. And yeah. pa- Patty Kay loved that cat so much. She came over to like participate in the wake before we buried him. Oh, that's kind of great. Right. I, yeah. So um, <laughs> I love Patty Kay. She's great. Yeah. My aunt. So uh, my dad and I are out there and um, it got dark and we were out in the backyard under like one of those sodium street lamps that my parents mm-hmm. had installed. So our backyard wasn't pitch dark. Right. And like, so everything's weird shades of black and yellow because right. it it's like the, removes the color spectrum. Yeah. Cause the wavelength of light is like too narrow to really like it just, it's very uncomfortable in so many ways. Yes. And so we look sort it's of the kind of lighting that I like want in my, like every single like dystopian scene I have right. in my life. It's yes. just like sodium all light, washed out. all yeah. washed out. Like headache inducing, mm-hmm. um, you maybe know, a that, hum or a buzz. Somewhere. Well, that or the yeah, that or the like right. the old school neon lights with the like the broken, um, uh, what are those things called? The uh, ballast. Ballast. Oh, so they're always just a little flickering. bit of a buzz and just it's a little like bit of flickering. Joe versus Volcano. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yep. So the sodium lamp. We're digging the hole, and we're like both the hole had to be fairly large to accommodate this boot box and the cat boot box and the cat yeah and fairly deep because we didn't want something coming and digging it up yeah that's a, that's a nightmare so this was an undertaking and right. i mean my dad and i like fell into the hole several times each and uh, so it was very uh, like uh, comical uh, and like we were kind of you mad just really, like went for it like we really deep. we went for it yeah. and we were kind of mad that my mom was like not, not taking any responsibility for helping with the like really nasty part of everything Uh so she came home and like we buried the cat yeah and you know we were standing there and my mom was like all right well i'm gonna go back inside now and we had to fill the hole back in and Uh she didn't help with that part either so um i remember my dad was really upset and he actually like cried a little bit over the cat which i was shocked about and just kind of rendered me speechless and then we started telling funny jokes and things again as we started like backfilling the hole. Like, uh-huh. I mean, we, there are a couple times that we had to stop 
because we were laughing so hard we couldn't lift the shovels, you know? Sure. And mostly right after one of us fell in and needed help back out again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was just the the like horror of it, you know. Yeah. Like everything about it was like the worst possible. Like we got ditched twice. We got stuck with the hard work. Uh-huh. The the light was dark. We looked like great like grave robbers it was like 11 o'clock at night or something i mean it was pitch black outside. right and you're digging this hole in the backyard there are burying treasure there, there are so many times that we've backyard. buried bodies in the middle of the night holding like a fucking cop mag light uh-huh. in between like you'd right. hold a phone crook in your shoulder <laughs> yeah right so the second story is a little bit funnier because it's also like oh, over the top my brother and i found a squirrel or a rabbit i don't remember which in the street right outside of the house uh-huh roadkill and so we got the shovel and we just took it to the backyard and right. we dug like a hole scooped it up off the road yes and, yeah. scooped it off the road brought it to the backyard um and we started digging a hole and we there were so many dead bodies in that backyard we accidentally dug one up in the process of trying to dig a hole to put another one in <laughs> but like the the extent to which we had to exhume it to realize that that's what it was was, was pretty good uh, and it, then it hit us all at once like ah! <laughs> oh my god cover back up cover back up like it didn't necessarily nope, smell nope, nope. it just was like really gruesome and i remember the thing that did it i was like what what is that right there? And I kind of poked at it with the tip of the shovel, uh-huh. and it was like a little like squirrel leg, oh. just like draped over, the- like a zombie squirrel uh-huh. leg, like draped over the front of the shovel. And I was like, "It's a dead squirrel! Back it up! Back it up!" <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> so we had different spot. That's how many animals were in that space in the yard. Just like uh-huh. you couldn't bury one without running into <laughs> another one. It's like we should have been a little more thoughtful right, right. about where we put things back it's here. Like, I, am, I am now thinking about how fortunate we were to have just woods. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we just you just stuff in the woods and it was fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. dead squirrel in the road, just get a shovel and toss it's it the advantage woods. to some rural living for sure. You're just like, well, I know what to, I know what to do with that. Houston. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, just, but you had just a whole undeveloped part of the neighborhood. Gotcha. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like where we had built that house, it was like two or three empty lots right behind us. And then across the big road that right. our road connected to. So you were just, to, backyard was rural. Like, yeah. You like, were just like right up against the edge of the. Yeah. And we didn't even have a fence until. That's cool. Neighbors bought the lot next to us. Yeah. And built a house. We're like, okay, we'll put up a fence now. Right. But yeah. It was just, you could walk into the woods. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But even after that, we could just walk three houses down, and there was just woods. Right. It was the woods between us and another neighborhood. And it's That's all interesting. I took her back when we went to Houston. I went drove us down our neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, it was totally wild because it was like all built up. Like oh, all wow. these houses have been built yeah, like everything. Those woods, had... those woods didn't exist anymore. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how that goes. Okay. I think we're, I think, I think we've exhausted the. Have so, we bored ever? Is there anyone listening? Are you listening? Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, it's, yeah. it's is perfectly anybody out there. I so I, I just want to like to, if, in if, closing, it occurred to me that you had an island when you were growing up because you lived in Coronado, Coronado, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So right. you lived on an island. You lived in the woods and I lived on a cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A DIY cemetery. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. 
little pet cemetery. Damon Head Woods, Nunhead Island, Meghead a cemetery. That's great. <laughs> that explains so much. Oh, about so much. It says how a lot. I turned out. Right. And with that, <laughs> I think yeah. our podcast is over. I think so too. I think we'll just, uh, yeah. So again, be tough, but not so tough. It, it kills, kills you. you. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, thank thanks. you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Okay.